And so all of these different pieces can be integrated in these moments of you know, midlife crisis or if there's ever a fragmented piece of self. And so often these fragmented pieces of self are the reason why men particularly, but everyone, have these stories around, I am not worthy. Welcome back to another episode of Embodied Relating with Brady Mac. My name is Brady Mac, and I'm going to be guiding you through this podcast today, which is all about men and feeling worthy in the world. So whether you're a man and you're listening in and you're experiencing feelings of unworthiness or even if you know someone else who's experiencing similar experiences of of feeling unworthy then this will be a great podcast for you if you're a woman listening in and you have a man or you want to be able to support a future man this is a great episode for you to tune into to know all about the core wound of the masculine and that core wound is not enoughness and that ties into not worthy enoughness and it's this constant cycle that happens where I don't feel like I'm doing enough and so I effort and effort and effort And then I assume that all of that effort is going to make me worthy of love, of abundance, of creativity, but mostly of love. And what we oftentimes find out is doing more doesn't equal more love. So the the wounding of not enoughness does not necessarily translate into worthiness right but there's this perception psychologically that if i do more i'll be more and i'll be loved more it's just not the way that it works so when we think about worthiness 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 what does that really mean to you worthy of of what and typically and almost always it's worthy of love or the perception of love being from someone else someone else can grant you that love the perception that if i give more to the world the world will give more to me right i'll be worthy of receiving from the world and unfortunately that's not quite the way it works see love is uh, an internal game you can also use the word freedom synonymous with love so love or freedom is an internal game right it's not something that we get to it's something that we come from it's not something that we one day achieve It's something that is within us. 
but there's a false perception that the, the more that we do, the more that we'll receive. Now, you can see where this perception comes from, right? Because it is true that action changes your state, right? A lot of people sometimes think that, oh, if I, if I just get to a certain place within myself, then, uh, then I'll be able to move forward with that project that I've been putting off, right? But they never actually get there because they're waiting for this state. But they forget that sometimes taking action, moving forward, gets you to that state. It creates this force of momentum. Now, the opposite can be true as well. Sometimes we try to do all of the things, we're moving forward, but without integrity, without authenticity, without true steadiness within our being, right? It's like that pattern of trying to do all of the things, achieve the goals, tick the boxes for love, but never actually feeling it, you know, having emptiness in the heart. And so it can go both ways. And that's important to understand is that there's both our internal state changes our external environment, but also our external environment is going to change our internal state. So there's this symbiotic relationship happening. Now, what typically happens is people fall into one of the two categories and more commonly they fall into the category of believing that the more, especially for the masculine, that the more that they do in the world, the more they provide for everyone else, the more they will receive. And oftentimes men get to the point in, you know, 40s or 50s or 60s, some guys even in their 30s. I think this probably happened to me pretty recently and I'm, I'm only 29. But it, it's where you realize you get to this certain point in your life where you've achieved a lot of things. Maybe you've achieved financial abundance or maybe you've found your life partner or you know, maybe you're starting a family and you can kind of like sit back and, and you, know, you realize, okay, I'm at that point in my life where I don't have to hustle so hard anymore like I did maybe in my 20s. And then you really get a chance to sit back with, with perspective, right? You're kind of sitting in this this 10,000 foot view of like okay like I, like my basic needs are taken care of now what do i want to do with the world what what do i want to create in my life and some men get to this place of realizing like oh shit i've ticked all of these boxes but nothing's actually fulfilled me right i've been i've been ticking the survival boxes but not the fulfillment boxes and they start to have these like kind of mind warps where it, it's really disheartening, it's confusing, and they realize, you know, their head has been so focused in this direction, but their heart's actually here, and they realize there's a disconnect, right? And that causes, oftentimes, this midlife crisis of like, oh shit, who am I, and what have I been doing? And how much time do I have left to course correct? You know, if you've experienced that, or if you know someone who's experienced that, not to worry, because Time and time again, I know that when life puts us in these situations, these circumstances where we realize that our head and our heart are disconnected, it can be scary, but ultimately it's an opportunity for us to come back into alignment, right? The awareness of that is the first step, which sometimes feels scary, but then gives uh, space and availability for us to be able to find greater alignment from the 
the head to the heart, which always for me is the most fulfilling are those times when I realize there's a fragmented piece of me. You know, there's that piece of me that was the hockey player that used to fight and party. And, you know, that, that image, that identity of me was like, you know, I rejected it. I was like, no, he's bad. That guy who got into trouble, you know, with the law and got in fights and would be unhealthily binge drinking and like that guy no he's just he's bad and he's separated and he's over there and I just tried to deny him for a long long time this piece of my identity that you know really was was who I was for many years especially in my early 20s and then getting to the place of like oh no wait he's not so bad come here yeah you were part of my story and you are part of why I am the way I am now you're part of the reason why I get to be sober now. You're part of the reason why I get to choose health now. You're part of the reason why I choose stability now. And like, thank you for teaching me those lessons. Come back in to the, to the center, come back into the heart, be part of me. And it's, you know, a part of my story that I, I share often now because it's, it is powerful and it is me. And it's, it's also given me this, this edge in life where you know, I'm, I'm not afraid of, of fighting. I'm not afraid of fighting for, for, you know, what my heart truly knows is right in this life. And that's the difference is now I'm not in street fights or fighting guys on the ice. I'm, I'm fighting for the things that, that really matter to me. And so all of these different pieces can be integrated in these moments of, you know, midlife crisis or if there's ever a fragmented piece of self and so often these fragmented pieces of self are the reason why men particularly but everyone have these stories around i am not worthy right that hockey player he's not worthy of love because he's he's a menace to society he stirs things up he, he's not worthy of creating a, a business that's successful. He's not, he can't, he has no responsibility. He's not uh, able to manage people. You know, he, he's an enforcer. You know, he, he doesn't, you know, sit with organization and with clarity and with intention and in meditation. No, he's, he's very different than that. He has no business, you know, being successful in business, let's say. He has no business, like, being in a loving genuine stable relationship and creating a family like you know and realizing that that is part of me but it's a part of me that previously i was denying as worthy of all of these things that i truly want and so part of the practice of considering where those places are within you and then bringing them in to to loving awareness is considering what part of you do you deem unlovable? It's really common for guys to answer the question when the question's asked, are you a good guy trying to be bad or a bad guy trying to be good? Oftentimes, men will answer, I'm a bad guy trying to be good because they believe there's these bad parts of us, right? These, there's these, these things that we've done. By the way, you're not the only one who's broken the law or committed a crime or you know done something irresponsible in relationship you are not the only one you're not the only one so think about those parts 
Think about those pieces that need forgiveness. Think about those pieces that are fragmented, that you deny, that you push away, that looked at that thing on the internet, that you know, cheated on their spouse, that uh, you know, has uh, irrefutable uh, uh, anger issues, that you know, think of all of those pieces. And the process of forgiving those pieces and bringing them back into being part of you and being part of your story is powerful. And by doing that subconscious work, which is a lot of, you know, the stuff that I do with men in one-on-one sessions is start to love those parts of self, right? And they're deeper in the subconscious. Sometimes we don't consider how deeply our past has control over our present now humanness, right? Because <laughs> it's deeper in the subconscious. We're like, no, that stuff's in the past and I'm doing all these other things. And what you'll often see is all these other things that we're doing present are actually because of our past. We're trying to so hard to prove I'm not that guy anymore. We're trying so hard to prove I am that guy now. <laughs> and it's like, if you really look, all of these old past pieces that are unforgiven, all these old past pieces that still have a grip on us are feeding that story of unworthiness. I am not worthy of love because I committed that crime. I am not worthy of love because I showed up that way at that party. I'm not worthy of love because I was a dickhead. I treated that ex-girlfriend horribly. I'm unworthy of love because that's the story that I heard from my parents growing up. And whether that was directly or indirectly shared, maybe your parent directly said, you know, you're not lovable. Unlikely, more likely it was subconscious. It was that you were only shown behavioristically love from your parents when you maybe achieved something or when you didn't, uh, you know, act out. <laughs> so you want to have a look. You want to have a look and consider all these different pieces of self that have control over you, that are old, that are in the past, but feeding that story now of I am worthy. One of the mind-blowing stories that comes up for humans when they're exploring these older versions of self and where the seed of unworthiness comes from is that the unworthiness of love is actually serving them, right? It's like, yeah, but if I believe I'm worthy of love, then I'm going to stop working as hard as I've been working and I'm not gonna get as much done. Or if I believe that I'm worthy of love in relationship, then I'm not going to care what other women think about me, and then I'm, I'm not gonna have successful dating. I'm not gonna be able to people please those women anymore, and I'm not gonna be able to get love. Like as if something, as if love is something that you get, right? No, love is something that you are. And my God-given experience is that when 
we lean into loving ourselves. We still get all of the things that we need to get done. We still maintain all of the relationships that we need to maintain, but we just do it from another place. And that place is a place of rest and refuge and love and certainty and out of creation rather than survival. Because you can create whatever it is that you want to create in the world. You are worthy of that creation. You are worthy of manifesting everything that you've ever wanted in life. And your unworthiness is not doing anything but holding you back from getting those things. So you want to have a look. You're going to keep coming back to this. You want to have a look at all of those different places within you that are telling you the story. What if I really love myself through the dating process? Or what if I really love myself through the, the work process? Or what if I really love myself through the building a home or building a family process? What are all the, what are all the subconscious beliefs that are holding you back from really allowing yourself to step into that to approach life to approach family to approach your work with a sense of oh i love myself oh i've got myself and if i get rejected by that woman over there it doesn't matter because i've got me she can't take away from my love me finishing or not finishing that project can't take away from my love because I am love. I emulate love. Love comes and occurs from within me, not from outside of me. So you want to have a look at these different places within you. You want to have a look at these different places that you're withholding experiencing the fullness of love in every cell of your body and that love is also translated to freedom where is it that you're not experiencing freedom in every cell of your body and then just notice what comes up just notice what comes up yeah my head is really lovable you know i've got a great mind a strong brain but my cock my cock's just a, a little shorter or it's been called a certain name in bed. Maybe I've heard it's too small. Maybe, you know, I can, I can love when I crush it in the gym, but I can't love any part of my belly that has a little belly fat. You know, that, that part's not lovable. Guess what? You can love that belly and still work it off in the gym. Isn't that cool? Like, isn't that interesting? Love is a place that you come from. And sometimes going to the gym helps us feel more love. It doesn't mean that we just sit and do nothing in life and just, you know, meditate love and freedom, although that's one approach. But the reality is we have lives. We've got commitments. We have families, we have jobs, we have social activities. So go do those things. But love the hell out of yourself as you're doing them. This is a practice. You are human. I'm human. We all forget this sometimes. 
But every single time we come back to the remembrance of we are love and we can emulate love in every cell of our body. We can emulate freedom in every cell of our body. Changes in an instant. You can turn that on. You can turn that on. But guess what? No one else can turn it on for you. Only you. So how do we get to that place of being worthy of love? Well, you already are. You already are. So turn it on right here in this moment. Turn it on right here in this moment. Notice what it feels like to turn it on. Notice how long you can hold that in your body. John Wineland, who has been like a great mentor, teacher to me, through his studies, his book, I learned about holding the posture of love. Holding the posture of love. And in a yoga pose, sometimes you're in, say, a chair pose, <laughs> and the five breaths seem like they take half an hour because it's such a tough pose. Sometimes love and freedom can be that way. And it takes this mental toughness. You know, it, it, it takes this, the, the strength of the heart to hold love. And then when things, you know, get, well, well, when things are easy, things are easy. When things are cruisy, things are, are cruisy, right? That's not so hard to hold. Love or freedom. But then when life inevitably peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, this is the rhythm of life. If you look everywhere in life, at the seasons, at the beat of your heart, <laughs> at the pulsation of the day and the night, at the tides of the ocean, at the rise and fall of the stock market, everywhere in life there is expansion and there is contraction. So how can you hold that posture of self-love and self-worthiness and freedom in every cell of your body through the peaks but also through the valleys? Hold that pose. Well, you hold it through your posture. Right? The way that you stand, the way that you hold yourself, the way that you walk through a room is the way that you walk through life. The way that your breath is moving, if it's touching down to your roots and up into your chest, your heart, and it's letting go with ease and surrender without much effort. Right? Is it continuous or are you holding throughout the day? Can you allow for life to continue to flow through you as you hold the posture energetically of love and of freedom and of worthiness. We use the posture and we use the breath and then thirdly we also use consciousness, we use the mind. Right? How does, how does love look and feel when you're sensing sensation through awareness? What are the sensations of love and of freedom and of worthiness? The body is an incredible tool for coming back into presence, to coming back into love and freedom and worthiness. 
And so often the sensations that we feel are pain. Those are the, the louder sensations that remind us to be present. Say you, you know, stub your toe, you hit your elbow, ouch. You're really acutely aware of your body in that moment. But in any given moment, and in every given moment, there are millions, billions, maybe trillions of different sensations that we could be feeling. So what it would be the sensation that you feel in your body that feels like love? What would it be? What would really feel like love in your hands and your fingertips and the palms of your hands and the back of your hands and your shoulders, your eyes? What would it be like to look through your eyes with the filter of love and freedom and worthiness? How can we sense the space around us, the room? How can we fill it with love energetically? This is fundamentally my belief of what consciousness is, is our ability to change and alter our environment, thus giving our environment an opportunity to change and alter us, right? The things that are visual cues around us, the things that are touching our skin, the space that we're in, the air that we're breathing, the nature that we're connecting with, all of this stuff is having an influence on you on such a deep subconscious and biological level that you're not even aware of it, right? Just walking in nature changes your blood pressure and we know this to be true. We know this to be true when we think intuitively, but now we also know it to be true based upon Western medicine. And we don't need to wait for Western medicine to catch up to let us know what feels good, what feels like love. When you go hug a tree, you can energetically feel that tree hugging you back. And it's magnificent. And that's the feeling of love and of freedom and of worthiness, knowing that you're always being hugged back especially when you're the one who is giving the hugging to the world. It's always loving you back. Enjoy this worthiness, enjoy this freedom, enjoy this love. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a comment below. I'd love to hear from you. Make sure that you've subscribed. You can like our channel. And I look forward to seeing you in the next podcast. Thank you so much for being here.